Hello, friends, and welcome back to A Stillness. Today's episode is um, luxuriously selfish, a little bit creatively indulgent in several ways. One, I wrote a book and I am promoting it. (laughs) So that part of it feels, right, a little selfish. Like, thank you for your time. Now let's talk about what Abby's doing. Um, But it has been one of those projects. And I know that anyone who has a creative outlet, whether it's writing, reading, painting, gardening, dog walking, designing, reupholstering, knitting, anyone who has a place that they go when they feel mindful, when they are giving their mind a moment to pause and process, that every now and again, as you finish up a project or what you thought was the end of a project, you kind of go, oh, this is actually so much bigger than me. This is so much more than just what I'm saying or what I'm doing or what I'm creating. And as somebody who writes prolifically, that is what this project has become. So I wrote a, and I do this seasonally, like I just, an idea overcomes me and I cannot really seem to focus on or do anything else except find words and sound bites to piece together like I'm making a patchwork quilt of language and describe what I am learning or describe a story or a character or a world that has been built in my imagination. And this particular project was one of those seasonal journals, like a guided journal, a guided, I called it a manifesto and toolkit. Um, but then once it was finished, I, I shared it on Patreon as I do, shameless. Little plug here also, this work and all of my creative work is sponsored completely independently by sacred supporters who back me up financially through Patreon, and then they kind of get first looks or sometimes even only looks at some of these other side projects that come into being. But this one in particular, after sharing it on Patreon, after kind of letting the the high that you get from a finished project as an artist, as a creator, <laughs> after that kind of simmer down, simmered down a little bit, I still found myself saying, ha, huh, there's more here. Like this is, this is even bigger, broader, a little bit more than I thought. I thought I was kind of just digging out something that was important to me and it's like it had much bigger roots 
than I realized. Roots that ran really, really, really deep, both in my own like viscera and being and my experience with this topic and in the finished product of like a, you know, like a 35 page invitational guide. And this topic is about no longer proving. If you listened a couple episodes back to the mindful guide to retreating, carving out safe space for retreat and rest, you might have gotten like kind of one flavor, one genre of this same topic. It's one I'm really passionate about. Again, it's one I tend to come back to seasonally and kind of expound upon. But earlier this year, I released the book, I Do Not Exist to Be Solved, a manifesto and toolkit for no longer proving. And this work has continued to just really kind of light a fire in me, light a fire under my bum, where I feel the need to come back to this work and to flesh it out and make it a little more robust, to take some of the ideas and concepts that I mention in passing and kind of untangle them a little bit more, again, dig a little deeper into some of those roots This manifesto and toolkit goes through five tools plus a conclusion, kind of like a final chapter. And those five tools for no longer proving as I write them are acceptance, creativity, care, especially in the form of self-care, and trust, especially in the form of self-trust trusting your intuition, reconnecting with your gut, and authenticity, which I describe as something that's kind of inevitable once we've worked through some self-acceptance, some creativity, etc. And then the concluding chapter is called Peace and explains how through my own practice of kind of indulging in acceptance and authenticity and all the beautiful, wonderful things in between. How my life has become a lot more peaceful, how I'm a lot more at peace with what I create and how I show up and the boundaries that I ask for and um, yeah, how I take care of myself. And so today's episode, because it's brief, you know, this is a, again, this is like a 35-ish page book. Um, because of that, I'm going to read, going to read a chapter and I want to invite you to consider this as a draft of maybe further work to come, as well as a little insight into how I honor my creativity in a way that feels like ritual, in a way that grounds me and centers me and in a way that just feels deeply sacred, um, creativity feels very holy to me. It feels very spiritual to me, right? To create, to be generative is to me in and of itself, like a spiritual practice. If you're like, okay, well, that's funny and absolutely woo woo. Like, you know, feel free to skip this episode. You're not going to offend me. But if you want to dive in to this, if you 
also are maybe having a kind of like post-COVID reckoning with how you show up or choose to not show up, how you want to be and breathe in the world, how you want to be generative and then also like deeply caring, deeply trusting of yourself (laughs) and maybe how the pandemic provided space for that. Or maybe it was something else. It doesn't have to be tied to the times that we're in necessarily. Maybe like me, you're just like approaching 30 and realizing just how much you've learned in your 20s. (laughs) Like your 20-year-old self is a completely different person than your 29-year-old self. Uh, Same. Same friends. As we settle in here, I want to invite us to take a couple deep breaths as I read this, this second chapter called Creativity. And I want to center you with me in this moment. I'm standing at my makeshift standing desk, which is really just my laptop on top of a bookshelf in my living room. I just brewed myself a cup of decaf, like herbal peppermint vanilla tea. And... Thank you for being in this moment with me. I open this chapter with a quote from Confucius. And he says, Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. The chapter begins. So if I have done it all, how did I end up here? a 28, but let's just round to 30, year old Christian mystic and an incredibly heteronormative passing marriage, teaching yoga and writing books, convinced that there is so little I know and yet longing to share what I've always known. Some would call it the creative spirit or even just spirit. The more I got to know myself, the more labels I collected like trophies, housewife, self-published author, painter and artist, trauma-informed yogi, college student, art teacher, gardener, dog mom, interior and landscape designer, fashionista, blogger, poet, podcast host, graduate, embodiment coach. And yet, all I desire to be known as is a loving sister, a trusting friend, a devoted nurturer, a loyal companion. We are sold an idea of ambition, a trait we are told will fulfill our every need and rescue our every desire. Our motivation is the golden child amongst a large family of skills. We are what we create, what we accomplish. And I believe it is killing us. Sucking our life from our agency, tying our ability to thrive to our ability to generate something valuable for others. Allow me to share a little secret. I do not know if anything I make is valuable. I am never certain if something I create will amount to anything. This manifesto is no exception. What I do know is that there is a divine fire under my butt that will only be extinguished when this work is finished and available to those who are called to it. This is not some manifestation magic. This is my creative spirit. When I was a child, I would often sing out loud my existence as though my life was a Broadway musical and I was called upon to narrate the going-ons. 
I still do this quite absentmindedly with little jolts of, I'm scrambling eggs this morning for breakfast because I'm hungry. And time to take these doggos on a walk, time for a walk. I'm not alone in the belief that suppressing our creative selves also suppresses more general feelings of fulfillment and meaning in life. And our creative selves are not only the ones who sing in the kitchen in the morning or sit down to write a small book in the afternoon. Our creative selves are the selves that more generally, and I would argue all the more powerfully, can imagine things differently. In true Aquarian fashion, I feel that I've never shut my creative self down completely. However, I have also learned to spot those who dictate that creativity must only be done in certain ways, notably, usually their ways, or that creative spirit can only show up in certain spaces, often spaces they have some control or tout over. When we release a habit of trying to solve ourselves, we can often feel that we are rather suddenly left without a blueprint. There are no distinct guidelines to follow, no steps to work through, and no checkpoints to mark off. Suddenly, we are no longer measurable. And what cannot be measured cannot be managed or manipulated. We are floating through this spinning rock without a map. And this is where our creative spirit can thrive. I'm not suggesting that no routine is the answer to creative life. I've personally found the opposite to be true, or that any form of boundaries is only a hindrance. Instead, I'd offer that we may never know the world we could create and live in if we never decide that this current one isn't working for us, and could things be different? We tend to associate the creative with the free-flowing, which may be one of those wise and acceptant truths for you personally. But please know that creativity can also be grounded, centered, stable, secure, and sure. As an example, I am sure that I need to write this book. I am not sure who will come towards it or how it will be received. Those details are not for me to know. Those details do not need to be known by me in order for me to flex my creative muscles. I simply know that this is one way my creative spirit needs to be expressed currently. Things can be different, and they can be different in very secure and assuring ways. This tool does not insist on a trip to your local art supply shop or a subscription to a masterclass in pottery or music mixing. Again, that is the creativity we have been sold. We have been marketed to that the creative spirit requires certain supplies, and is only legitimate when shown in certain places. I have personally found that my creative spirit only needs time, a little bit of space, a couple moments of closing my eyes, and the freedom to roam and suppose. Suppose things could be different. As we envision creative designs for ourselves and our world, there is often a presumption that our creativity needs to be lucrative, that our brilliant visions must result in some form of pay, income, or assurance. For some people, this is true, but for the majority of people, it is not. The need for our creative spirit to also be our income-earning energy is rooted in offering all we have to society around us. We are culturally comfortable with constant 
energetic exploitation. There are some things I have created and then destroyed. There are some things I have created and then sold. There are many things I have created, shared, accepted donations for, and then moved on. I let each piece dictate the exchange I'm asking to receive. But most importantly, I do not demand my creative spirit generate wealth. I follow her guidance, and I play my way through various projects. Since creativity is all about supposing things could be different, many such projects do not result in something physical or tangible. Most of the time, my creative spirit leads me to alter a routine or habit, comes through me as a bedtime prayer, sits with me in meditative silence, holds me committed to a cleaning project, invites me to mend and repair, asks me to care for my lover, pauses me as I walk past my bird feeder. Creativity is not productivity, though their tasks can overlap. Within the industry of wellness and personal growth, so there is often a presumption that we desire such growth because it will make us more productive. We meditate because it may help our focus afterwards. We do yoga because it keeps our bodies limber. We journal because we love the personal high. Excuse me, we love the high of a personal breakthrough. We are constantly investing in ourselves because we expect a high, productive, perhaps even lucrative return on investment. And let me be clear, investing in oneself is rarely a bad thing. But the industrial nature of self-growth is problematic. It is isolating, requiring intense self-control and self-care removed from supportive community. We are often shamed for not meeting goals or milestones, as though these misses are the result of personal moral failure. We are berated socially and internally for not trying hard enough or not being focused enough. In this way, we again become creatures who must prove we are worthy of the very air our breath takes up. Stepping away from the practice of proving and groveling for approval within the context of creativity means releasing the expectation that our creative ideas will liberate us. Our creative spirit will envision a way out, and it can guide our renegotiations and foster our ability to see things differently, but it does not ensure that things will behave differently. It does not necessarily supply our epiphanies. It does not guarantee us more productivity or wealth. It simply suggests that there are different ways we could show up and reminds us that we were never required to show up for the use and exploitation of others. Our creative spirit is sacred. Our energy is precious. Boundaries and routines can protect this precious gift, and learning to flow can offer us freedom within this gift. None of these concepts are mutually exclusive. Where creativity removes the need to prove Where creativity removes the need to prove is in those acceptant, surrendered spaces. When we move from entitled, exploitative places back to areas of rest, safety, and perspective, this is where we can reimagine our way of being. This is where we can creatively heal. This is where we propose a different way of being.
Thank you so much for joining me through that chapter. I hope there were little moments of insight for you, or if anything, just reassurance that it is good and okay if what you attune to creatively is not what looks productive or flashy or showy from the outside. Please continue to nurture your creative spirit and trust, know that I am always, always nurturing mine. This was a way for me to practice also reading aloud. I'm not sure that I like how my voice feels or sounds. Things felt scripted. There were moments where my tongue felt funny, like it wasn't going to be able to say the words in the right order. In the future, I'm launching a second podcast where I'm actually reading through my memoir as opposed to publishing it in print form, at least immediately. I'm going to be publishing my memoir in an audio journal-like fashion, like this. So again, remember how I said this was a bit of a selfish episode? This is a way for me to practice, to see, to maybe adjust things, adjust language where it makes sense to, or even just in my own notes, to add moments of like pause, break, take a breath here, like let this sentence have time to sink in, don't read too quickly, don't read too slow, Um, to make those kinds of notes and adjustments. The memoir will be available publicly, but is also one of those projects that is sponsored by my Patreon Sacred supporters. So again, one more little shameless plug for them, for that community at www.patreon.com slash Abigail Jewel, A-B-I-G-A-I-L-J-E-W-E-L-L. And that's me. And also, if you join there, you will see not only the chapter on creativity, but the whole little guide that I created that gives a little more insight into creativity and care And what it has looked like for me personally to step out of a place of proving and to instead operate and function and breathe from a place where I do not exist to be solved. So if that resonates with you, please head on over there. And if not, also no biggie. I appreciate your ear and I appreciate any feedback you'd like to give, which you can also give through Patreon. You do not have to be a patron to message me on there to say hi, to let me know what's up. I am so grateful for your time today. Go nurse your creative spirit. 